0: Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. A record number of people participated in a recent survey about the 2024 Coburg draft budget. 280 residents got online and filled out a survey. It was four times greater than last year. Inflation, high interest rates, grocery prices, and the cost of gas are hammering everyone's wallet. Last fall, COBRA councillors told staff to aim for a 5% increase in the budget. Staff came back with an 8% increase in its draft budget earlier this month. Deputy Mayor Nicole Beattie will talk about closing the gap. She discusses the police budget and its request for officers. And she addresses the priorities identified by all the participants in the budget survey. This includes Centennial Pool, lifeguards at Victoria Beach, and capital expenditures. Beattie also takes on the controversy over stormwater management charges and its move from the tax levy to water bills, a switch that has some residents upset. There still is time to have a say about the 2024 Coburg budget, so have a listen. I am so pleased to have with me once again, Deputy Mayor Nicole Beattie. Welcome back to Consider This Northumberland.
1: Hello, Rob, and a happy belated New
0: Year. And the same to you. Overall, how would you describe the direction Council's taking at this point in regards to the 2024 budget?
1: I believe we are being very uh, thoughtful uh, and attentive to the budget process uh, in terms of community engagement, staff recommendations, um the different uh, perspectives uh, that council. Um is providing, um, in all fairness, you know we've only had the one day of budget deliberations. We typically go through two or three, um, but had some thorough conversations through budget presentations in December. And I think our first meeting at our standing committee uh, in early January proved to be a very um, uh, flavorful. Opportunity, You know, half of that conversation was spent around the police budget uh, and some of our new governance working. So our second session, which will be on January 18th, I believe we'll start getting into the actual debate of um, some of the uh, bigger uh, budget items.
0: At this moment, you're dealing with a draft budget. What is the percentage increase that you're looking at right now before all the deliberations com- are complete?
1: Mm-hmm. So the... The staff budget uh, that staff bring forward, you know, doing their due diligence of uh, presenting to council kind of where infrastructure and operations are at, uh, after you take in the new assessment growth, we're looking at a proposed net impact to the tax levy of 8.04%. Mm-hmm. Uh, need to emphasize that that as uh, what's presented in the draft budget, a little bit higher than what council uh, set a target for a 5% of net impact back in in the fall, um, so obviously Council uh, has to have a conversation um, about where they want that final uh, uh, tax rate to, to fall.
0: As you said, the initial uh, 5% was offered back in the fall as a target. How realistic is that now as you're starting to look at the environment that you're working within, the current economy, all the pressures that are coming from both the public and other demands is is that still reasonable or or has it changed?
1: Um, it, targets are targets, right? you know I, I would like to be as committed as possible to uh, that that target for council to work within. I'm also very empathetic or sympathetic to um, the additional cost of living year over year. You know, I'm sure both you and I as taxpayers feel that in our uh, respective lives. Uh, You said it best, the, the pressures of community. You know, we have a lot of different community groups, user groups who, all want different things, you know, some core operations and uh, nice services, important services in the municipality. Um, But alone, you know, some really big drivers in the budget are, you know, just um, uh, union wage increases, uh, gas prices, inflation, insurance, uh, a lot that's out of our control. Uh, so it's that balancing of uh, community expectations, um, economic drivers in the budget, but more importantly too, you know, past council and this council, we've really added on a lot of spe- special projects and strategic projects. So council has to have that conversation of do we continue to do uh, core as well as strategic? Because um, if we, if we reduce somewhere, it means um, uh Uh, a reduced service or or a deficit in, um, not a numerical deficit, but a a loss somewhere, a loss somewhere else.
0: Before we get into the weeds, uh, there was a public consultation and a survey done, and it appears 280 people participated. That's nearly four times more than the last year. What message did you and council take away from those survey results?
1: Mm-hmm. One of the nice things that came out of that survey was uh, the percentage of folks who were participating in budget exercise for the very first time. Uh, what I took from that very high level analysis provided by our communications team uh, was two things. You know, um, residents are concerned about uh, quality of service, uh, and that customer service excellent is one of those special projects that council has invested in and continues to invest in. And I really think across the corporation, we're going to see a good return on investment there. Um, But uh, uh, amenities like transit and the library and parks and recreation uh, are obviously um, not only the most valued, but the most access the most used uh, uh, services of the corporation. So it's that balance, right? Of um, uh, we want all these wonderful things because that's what builds our community, and and but at the same time we're very mindful and concerned about uh, increase in taxes. Um, and again, um, I know a lot of community concerns are. Really wanting to see more of an investment in emergency services, community services, community sorry, community protection services. And again, you know, police, fire, and bylaw enforcement um, come with a cost and are already, you know, some of the more significantly invested areas um, of the municipality as, as as they should be, as being core uh, community safety services.
0: Let's explore a little bit of that because I, I think that's really important. There were a lot of people who wanted to see more money spent on municipal law enforcement. I mm-hmm. want to know why you think that is and how was it reflected in the budget?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so municipal law enforcement being specifically by law. And then, you know, we have fire protection services and then we have, have police. So uh, if your question specifically at municipal law enforcement, um, I think a lot of that is driven by um, the concerns we're seeing um, predominantly in in the East End with um, uh, the encampment, uh, as well as um, some increase in in petty crime. And I think just a general pulse of um, changing uh, feelings around around community safety. And so, you know, community wants to see uh, more enforcement of bylaws, um, and then, you know, I think the the police board, which I sit on, definitely heard that as well too. You know, more police, more patrols. Uh, so that's where the the police request of the four additional officers came in. Um, what we're seeing in um, municipal bylaw enforcement is two and a half uh, additional officers being added. Um, one of those positions would also help with licensing, so that's a revenue generating program for the town, because uh, in addition to just, you know, community safety and 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 street issue related enforcement, you know, we have our other day-to-day bylaws uh, that just operate a safe community, um, an efficient community. Um, when we shift over to one priority, we lose the other. So it's, as you know, Rob, it's, it's a whack-a-mole, right? So I think that's where you're gonna see the biggest investment is uh, it, it's really, um, uh, investing in more uh, human resources as a result of of the request from from different community neighborhoods.
0: There was a debate at the last budget meeting around policing, and mm-hmm. policing represents, I think, one of the largest portions of of the Coburg budget, at uh, with an increase of six point three percent. That debate was about whether there should be a hiring of four new officers. Or six new officers and at one point there was a, a, a an effort by the mayor to try and uh, get council to support the idea of six new officers community safety being such a high priority was council given enough time or put enough thought into what exactly they should be doing around the hiring of officers
1: mm, uh, good question so there's a few things to unpack there i think we need to be clear that Council doesn't necessarily council um, can't direct uh, the police board or police on what they do in terms of hiring. That's the jurisdiction and discretion of the of the police chief and and the board um, budget. So what council can do is send a budget back to the board and to the police services and as for um, let's use the word reconsideration. Um, I do know that the mayor, um, you know, there was a good conversation around. support uh not supporting the um amendment to go back to the police services uh shows that you don't um, prioritize community safety but i think the the general consensus i heard at council was the trust in the police services board Um, admittedly i was not there in december um when the decision was made by the board. to reduce the request from six to four. Uh, But I do sit on the finance committee and I know that there was a thoughtful and well uh, researched conversation between the, the chief and the finance committee and then ultimately the police board. So at the end of the day, um, I think what the council uh, demonstrated was continuing to collaborate and listen to police services board. Um, and as the chief always says, and which I support and would say the same thing is, these requests have to be driven by data. Um, and, you know, year over year requests can be uh, reviewed. The one thing that we need to remember is, um, these additional officers are being paid or covered out of the corporate services, the social enterprise revenue. So it's not hitting the tax levy, um, uh, which in one way, uh, state helps the levy, but council and the police board have to be cognizant of the fact that, um, I mean, we have a very robust, innovative leading edge uh, corporate services with the police services. Um, but we do have to take that into consideration when we're making um, future decision makings around. Uh, as many members of Council will say, um, we all want more, we just don't want to pay for it.
0: Centennial Pool was another area where the public wants this service maintained. And I know that was a big part of the survey. Also on social media, there's lots of campaigns to keep uh, attention on this service. Is that possible?
1: The asset itself, well, Centennial Pool, the asset itself um, is at its um, uh, lifespan, right? Um, I think what we have the opportunity to do is reimagine what a community pool looks like as part of our overall uh, waterfront plan. Uh, What I was hoping would be present as part of these budget deliberations, and I know uh, staff have been working hard on it, but the project's just a little delayed is the campground is going through an entire uh, design project. Um, And part of that design project will include what it would look like for a shared facility or a shared building uh, with the pool, Um, as you you and your listeners probably remember also back in the fall uh, Council passed a direction to start reimagining what our working relationship uh, community partnership looks like with the why. Um, so I know I'm giving a roundabout answer, but I think that there's been some strategic decisions made. So there's moving parts. And then based on those decisions, the design, um, our evolved uh, community partnerships, um, we're also going to get our non-core asset plan and financing uh, presented to us in the in the spring of this year. And that will include the centennial pool asset. Um, so I think between those three, um data-driven projects we're going to have a fulsome picture of what does the pool look like Um, what's the opportunity um, along the waterfront i fully uh, support the pool Um, we know that it's no longer cost effective or sustainable in its current operations um but we always know there's an opportunity to reimagine projects
0: well, uh, and what I really I appreciate I appreciate all this process stuff and and forgive me for interrupting you but let's just keep it simple this summer is there going to be a pool that's open that people can use
1: Sure I think the process is really really important because without the process we jump to conclusions um And what I was just going to say is what I also really appreciate with the community advocacy is their commitment and research to understanding that some community capital fundraising may have to happen in the future. The operation of the pool in its current operation and its current form is proposed in the draft budget. So as long as council supports that, I support it, but as long as council supports uh, that line item, uh, then the 2024 centennial pool will run again as is. And then as I was mentioning during this year, uh, which is one of the reasons I support the pool um, for many other reasons, but the fact that I don't want to make a premature decision until we have that full process and, and, and data and design uh, to make a decision for the next chapter.
0: Understood. Understood. But I, I think it's important that listeners do understand that it is in the budget it yes. is there, and council need, will be making a decision on that uh, coming up. You mentioned also waterfront plans, and mm-hmm. there is some very high needs in the marina uh, in terms of maintenance. Uh, a long-standing project for the East Pier. There's mm-hmm. some work that has to be done in around uh, the marina itself and the walls and the retaining.
1: Mm-hmm. Where
0: does that project stand within the budget?
1: Yeah, it's it's not presented in the capital budget for 2024. We are awaiting, I believe we applied for approximately $18 million between the pier project, the Harbor Walls and Monks Cove from a federal disaster mitigation fund last July. So we are waiting for that in 2023. Um, A lot of that work we committed to would have to happen as a result of grants or we're looking at debenturing, you know, 20 million dollar ish project that said um our asset management plan and a financing plan for those assets which include the harbor and peer work that you're mentioning uh again we'll come back forward to council in in the summer i feel like we talk about this every year um Admittedly, I wish the last term of council, we had been a bit more proactive on it, I think we were quite conservative with capital projects, given uh, the pandemic. Um, So waiting to hear back from capital uh, infrastructure money from the federal government, uh, as well as the completed asset management plan, uh, which will come along with a financing plan um, this this summer.
0: There is a call from the public to see a fixed route service for buses reinstated. Is this on the table?
1: It is on the table. It's proposed as a special project in the budget, uh, the fixed route. So a 16, 16 stops on a loop. Uh, if I remembering it correctly, that loop would operate um, every hour, Monday to Friday from nine to five. Uh, and based on surveying users, Uh, that those times and days seem to be the most popular so it would be an additional $175,000 to our current on demand and wheels transit, Uh, but yes it's definitely uh, in the budget for discussion and i'd have to admit rob probably one of um, the biggest items the pool transit and lifeguards uh, and community safety, I would have to say are the four biggest uh, line items that I personally have been meeting with residents and hearing from residents about.
0: So where, what's your sense of counsel then on the, on the buses issue? Uh, have you, have you got any feel for how people are leaning on that one? Are they seeming open or is there being pushback? back? Can, can you give us a sense of it? Um,
1: the fixed route, I can't say because we haven't even, uh, really got there the way that we've been doing the budget is we're pulling out items to discuss and then we go back and debate them And so the transit project was pulled out which goes to show that council wants to have a debate about it um obviously the majority of council uh supported uh the request for a fixed route to come to budget deliberations or it wouldn't be in the budget my general feeling from council and this is just based on conversations in the public chambers is um, we believe that we should be delivering uh, transit in some way. It would be great if it was so much more cost efficient. Um, I know we're making a lot of changes, but as you can see, we're trying to evolve our transit to get the best fit to serve the community need, um, while also making it economically efficient, making it affordable for the town to for the town to run. So yes, I do believe the majority of Council supports transit as a core service, um, but getting it into that uh, Coburg specific model um, is just proving to be a little bit challenging because people have so many different transit needs.
0: The stormwater management charge has raised concerns from some of the public, and there is a petition by some residents to get this addressed. Now, previously, these were expenses that were part of the overall tax bill. However, they're now being put on the hydro water bill. People are upset with the amount that's being asked to pay. I'm curious, I know this is sort of outside the budget, but at the same time, it, it does relate to the budget. What is your response to these concerns and are you willing to consider another model that might bring it back into the uh, tax system and is that being considered as part of the budget?
1: it's not being considered as part of the budget um as far as I know yet unless a member of council brings forward um a motion during during debate whether it's in the tax levy I'm all, there's this tension between municipalities having to find alternative revenue sources outside of the tax levy hence a storm water management fee and i know some people perceive it as an additional levy and an enhanced storm water fee um i support a storm water fee in principle uh what just like parking just like transit just like everything right like Everything is well researched, it's presented to you, Um, you make the decision to change and implement, uh, and then we start understanding how this affects uh, the taxpayer, how this affects the resident. So I appreciate that the corporation had the foresight to pause um, on, on the fee program, take a step back, reassess. Um, and look at um, a fair and equitable way um, to uh, to roll out this program. Alternatively, it comes back, you know, we take all the steps back, it comes back into the tax levy. Um, and we as a community have to be prepared to pay for that infrastructure. Um, so I think it's just a matter of an equitable economic plan um, uh, for Uh, the residents um, because we do we have like a lot of municipalities we are faced with significant aging infrastructure we are a growing community Um, we haven't kept up with the pace of growth from an asset financing point of view Um, like everything in life it comes down to um, at what cost and 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 how do we um,
0: how do we fund it Are you willing to put it back on the table to reconsider it?
1: I yeah, like indirectly it already is right. Like staff have taken a step back working on. um, As you can tell, I'm a process person. Uh, I trust in collaboratively working with staff. And so I do look forward to um, staff coming back with, um, you know, their rethink on this. Um, But I've also been learning a lot from residents who have been impacted by this, who we didn't hear from during the storm management fee process. And Rob, if there is one thing that I could improve on in this, uh, in this role is it's fascinating, you know, I personally think we do all of this public engagement on things. but, you know, as a lot of people say, the best form of public engagement is when a decision is made. And then until we actually see it impacting the lives of ratepayers, then do we hear from folks. So um, I know it's frustrating. I know it's been confusing, um, but adaptation and um, changing to address growth and build infrastructure um, does mean changing the way we do things. Um, but as we're demonstrating, we're listening and we're, we are willing to rethink and and adapt.
0: This interview is taking place on Wednesday. You are going into meetings again later this week and I'm sure there's gonna be other sessions. What are you looking to achieve over the upcoming budget sessions?
1: Myself? Right, so I chair the budget uh, conversation now that we are into the standing committee with strategic priorities. And and policies, ideally. So this is Wednesday. Tomorrow is second budget day. I would love that by the end of day tomorrow we have um we've gone through all the motions, which are essentially introducing changes or amendments to the budget, and we can close the business day with an understanding as to so staff presented their budget, council through motions uh, will make amendments. I would love to close out budget tomorrow based on have an understanding of what council is willing to look at from a net impact on the tax levy that would give the community time uh, to go over those amendments uh, the revised draft budget uh, and then council would meet at regular council on january 31st um, to look at the budget again so i am prepared that um, we might spill over into a third budget deliberation day just because as you were watching last time, Um, members of council really care about this decision, as we should. It's our principal mandate as elected officials. Um, And in a time of inflation and an affordability crisis, um, it's, it's not an easy decision.
0: While there is already some public consultation that has taken place, are you still listening to the public? Can someone still make a case or push for a particular aspect of the budget?
1: um, This is going to be the most political thing anyone can say, but as this is also the most genuine thing I can say, uh, I'm always listening. Um, I I mean that in the most authentic way possible. If anything, I think this is um, an an opportune time for folks who did participate in the budget survey or are hearing about it for the first time to follow along. Because especially by the end of day tomorrow, you're going to get a sense of where your council is at um, so, um, even if we got through everything at the end of day tomorrow, it's still the draft budget and then, as I mentioned, that gives you two, it gives your listeners and the community two full weeks to reach out to their council members, review the decisions made by council, um, and folks can still uh, engage with um, their elected officials, or they can register to speak at the January 31st um, meeting. So, yes, we're always listening. Um, Never stop lobbying and advocating to your elected officials, um, because we we still have a few more processes before the final ratification would come forward.
0: Nicole Beattie, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: You're most welcome, Rob. It's always a pleasure.
0: That was Deputy Mayor Nicole Beattie. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today.